we just completed uh, partnering, and, and I, I, I requested their permission to share this, but we just partnered with the CoGP on a 772-unit uh, value-add multifamily deal with, um, if you're familiar with Rev Capital, that's um, Robert Rittenthaler's company uh, out of Florida. Um, so we did 772 units in Columbus, Cincinnati, and Louisville that were a co-GP home. We brought, we brought people to that deal. Um, so there's an example of value-add multifamily. We're also working on another um, historic tax credit. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time, and these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio, or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you, the Dwell listeners, a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you one to start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an incredible man of renaissance with us today. Hey, Isaac. Hi, Ola. How are you? Thanks so much for having me today. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. I was just, you know, talking to Isaac before we hit record here. Like, I don't, even I want to know, you know, um, a little bit more about what you guys do. So, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. You want to tell the listeners where you are, what you do, and kind of what you've been up to lately. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Isaac Bennett, and uh, I spent most of my career, about 17 years in the sales industry, um, last role being a sales executive in um, kind of a mid-sized manufacturing company that supplied uh, products to like companies like John Deere and Cat and places like that. And so, you know, I really just felt compelled a lot to, um, to go out on our own. I've, I've always been an entrepreneur and an investor, and my wife and I had all of these things going on, and we just realized we needed to give it our best time. And um, that's really where you are. Our company was birthed from. You are is a brand holding company. We have individual agencies within that holding company. Um, so you could think of it as like a, um, uh, a company like Virgin or somebody like that. That's got Virgin Records, Virgin Air, Virgin Mobile, et cetera. We're, we're a small version of that where we have um, a variety of different agencies within uh, UR. Fascinating. So of course, for the purpose of our, um, you know, discussion here, it would be, heavy on the real estate side but um as an entrepreneur i'm just super curious <laughs> about this you know kind of well it's kind of like a conglomerate right um essentially um but a, a mini conglomerate so just tell us a little bit more about you know your group and what constitutes you know your company like what are the different you know, bsu business strategic units that you guys have yeah, thank you for asking. I think that it's important to recognize where we came from and, and why UR exists. Um, the name itself it came from, I found myself always saying the term UR, and you, you might have noticed it, but you actually said it to me. So tell me who you are. And um, ultimately, I found that it's really hard to exhort somebody or lift somebody up without saying, 
you are first. So I'd be talking to my niece and I tell the story all the time. So anybody who's listened to other podcasts, I don't think heard it, but I'm talking to my niece, she's five. And I'd say, Colin, you are beautiful. Or I'm talking to my nephew and I'd say, Bennett, you are awesome at hockey. You know, and, and that's really where it was birthed from is we knew we wanted to be a people focused brand. We wanted to be a people brand. And to do that, we believed that we could build this brand around um, believing in people and igniting their entrepreneurial passions and their aspirations. And that's how you are with birth. So long answer to a short question, but we have um, we have five agencies, four of which are active right now. We have You Are Well, which is health and wellness. We have a director for that. We have um, You Are Home, which is our realty brokerage services, uh, brokered by EXP. We have you are secure, which is currently inactive on the background, but we are a, a reseller for an interesting cybersecurity solution. And we have you are abundant, which is probably what we're talking about today. That's our alternative asset syndication business that I am most active in. That's really my my uh, purveyance. And then we have you are good, which is a fifth agency, which is purely uh, philanthropic in nature, and um, it's all about giving back. We give twenty percent of our net income to to missional and um, charitable organizations. Fascinating. Yeah, this is this is really good. Um, I yeah, this is fascinating. I mean, cybersecurity. Um, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. So you mentioned something really interesting. Your focus is on the the syndication piece. Um, so do you kind of just want to walk us through what that looks like and kind of how you got into that actually? Yeah, great question. So um, I've been investing in equity markets since 2005 and, and real estate markets since 2010. And really, it's grown one uh, deal at a time. And we did our first group deal in 2013 and started doing more of those and more of those, putting them together. And we've been the primary operator and largest shareholder, or at least, you know, um, um, with partners shared for the largest shareholder in every deal we've ever done. Um and we really started syndicating a lot more heavily about three years ago and have really ramped it up this year since going full time. But what we've kind of found is that we're maybe average operators, but we really underwrite well and we do due diligence well. We know what a good deal is across many asset classes when we see it. And we also know how to vet operators because we've got a lot of experience in various asset classes. So what we found is that we're probably better as an amalgamator of investors to say, let's pool our money together and get better terms from this A-plus operator that will vet all the deals for you, we'll make sure it's the right asset, make sure it's the right operator, the right time, the right tailwinds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we can invest as a group to make sure we're getting the best possible terms that we can get. So what we do for investors is we say, we'll do the due diligence for you, ask all the right questions of us for sure, keep us accountable, but we'll do the due diligence for you and make sure we have vetted the operator beforehand. We have a very strict series of rules, both on the operator side and on the deal side that we follow, no matter what asset class it is, um, to make sure that we have the right operator and the right asset. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. Um, we're working on right now, we just closed a deal last week, and we're working on five, potentially six other deals in various asset classes as, as we speak, in, in various stages of, of uh, development of, of what we're doing. Interesting. So you, I'm an operator. So I'm always fascinated when, when people say you vet an operator, um, you know, how do you actually vet a syndicator? Like what, what does that process look like for you guys? Yes. So we have 27 different um, sort of um, categories of which we will go down. And as we are assessing an operator, um, 
some of them are tangible and some of them are intangible. You know, certainly we want a character and integrity fit. And um, I would say that's number one is you have to have shared values. And those values um, are, are world-class integrity. Um, it's understanding that this is about um, treating everyone with respect and treating the money as irreplaceable. It's um, do they view selling as an opportunity, not a business strategy? That's very important because we don't think selling is a business strategy. We think it's an opportunity the market presents you. It is, are they trying to add value for their customers? Are they trying to create a bigger slice of pie rather than thinking with a scarcity mentality? What is their track record? There's 27 of these categories that we go over with, um, with operators to make sure that they check those boxes. And we have must have, like, like to have and love to have. You know, so you don't have to check every box, but you have to check every must have, which is about a third of them. You have to check more than two thirds of the like to have and then at least half of the love to have. So that's kind of the way that we break it down. And it just it, it causes us a lot of rigor to make sure that we have the right partners. Um, and then we also have deal specific stuff that is a little bit more secret saucy that we've got individual metrics that we like to look at and tailwinds and industry standards and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's a pretty rigorous process to, uh, to vet the kinds of deals that we're doing. So you mentioned that you guys have, you you know, invested in different asset classes. What other asset classes are you guys um, invested in? Um, is it just multifamily or what? No, not at all. Um, we just completed a, a partnering and, and I, I, I requested their permission to share this, but we just partnered with the co-GP on a 772 unit uh, value add multifamily deal with, um, if you're familiar with Rem Capital, that's um, Robert Rittenthaler's company. Uh, out of Florida. Um, so we did 772 units in Columbus, Cincinnati, and Louisville that were a co-GP home. We brought, we brought people to that deal. Um, so there's an example of value add multifamily. We're also working on another um, historic tax credit focused deal um, in Peoria that uh, we're, we're working on. And we're actually the largest shareholder in that. So uh, that one's a little bit different in that um, we're kind of a combination of syndicator and operator in that. Um, we're working on... Um, Let's see, resort property in Belize. We've got a pretty big syndication that we're at the start working on there. We've done four developments already in Belize. Um, we uh, are experienced in the royalty um, industry, which is probably a conversation for another day, but we like that space. We're working on a blockchain-enabled uh, play that's really exciting that I'm not ready to talk about yet, but it's really, really cool. Um, it's real assets, real assets. And um, we are, we've, we've done some work in mobile home parks um, so we hold some LP positions in mobile home parks. Um, you know, I've, I'm working on a robotics company that is uh, interesting that we'll be partners with. That's a rapidly growing company that's really fun. Um, we'll be bringing um, shareholders to that. That's quite cool. Uh, a few other things. I could probably go on all day. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of deals. A, a lot of deals in the hopper. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you, 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 made, you, men, you made mention of something that caught my attention blockchain with real assets, right? Um, you know, my, my friend and I, we, you know, we talked to my partner from the UK where I grew up and we, we looked at, you know, blockchain. I, I want to say like, you know, five, seven years ago and we decided as real estate investors, like, you know what, we're just not, we're not going to mess with that, right? We, it's just something new, it's niche. We're, we're not sure if it's going to stay around. But of course, as you know, <laughs> Um, it's a pretty big deal right now, especially with the cryptocurrency side of blockchain. Can you, I know you can't tell us too much, but what are your thoughts just in general of that tech? I love blockchain. 
not so much a cryptocurrency, which is what you know, kind of underpins you know, crypto. So just tell us a little bit more about what your thoughts are. Yeah, and I have to be really careful on this topic, mainly from the standpoint, as soon as you start talking about it, you, you kind of sound like an idiot because there are people out there who know infinitely more than me. So I want to preface this by saying I am not a blockchain expert, nor will I be developing any uh, blockchain use cases in the future. I, I merely see how blockchain could solve problems and then uh, enable to put together the solution to, to partner the right people to, to figure the problem out. That's where I sit in the ecosystem. So let me answer your question directly. I believe as a syndicator who brings LP money, no matter what seat I'm sitting in, if I'm the GP, if I'm an operator, if I'm a Jason, if I'm a money raiser, if I'm an LP, I believe that this business five to 10 years from now will not exist unless you are ready and able and capable of tokenizing your assets because there are some very specific reasons. Now I say that and, and likely it's will not exist above a certain scale, call it $10 million or more, right? Certainly small time players will continue to play and that's fine, that's great. Not every asset is tokenized. But I tell you that because if somebody's going to come and commit a million dollars to a development project today, everybody's playing on the same field, right? Everyone's basically offering the same type of thing. There's varying splits, there's varying experiences, there's all these different waterfalls, all these different terms. I could make arguments on both sides what terms make sense. However, what basically nobody is offering today is liquidity. And they're also not offering the ability to mark to market the assets that they're doing. So this is a key point. When you mark something to market by the very nature of broadening the ability and the uh, access to other investors, there's a multiple a premium put on the multiple that you're going to get for those assets. What is it? Who knows? The market determines that. However, when you provide something with ample liquidity, it provides another multiple to what we're doing. So in the future, I believe that savvy LPs will not invest in any project that does not immediately come with tokenization to give them that mark-to-market multiple and give them the ability to have liquidity should they need it in the event of something happening in their lives where they want to actually tap the market to get some or all of their liquidity back out. So we're in the really early stages of this thing, but I do believe that five or 10 years from now, we'll look back at the people who figured this out today and have their organizations running really smoothly in five years for tokenization, they will be miles ahead of the operators who did not do it because they um, were waiting for the technology to become less nascent. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm sure some listeners are like, what was that? Just went above my head. Um, a lot in there. Um, pretty fascinating stuff, to be honest with you. No, thanks for, for sharing that. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you're, you've got your hands in a lot of, um, you know, businesses, you know, when you think of the future, the, the UR brand, you know, what do you see? Um, boy, that's a really good question. And, you know, it's something I've struggled with because I view it as a platform brand. Um, I view it as a brand that has many different things that we're interested in, has operating businesses within those, uh, within, within the brand. However, I don't, you know, I'm not motivated by money and I, um, I'm motivated by performing really well and I'm motivated by helping people 
and I'm motivated by seeing others improve their station in life and also to uh, find aspiration in their life. Because I think there's a lot of people that have ideas and dreams, but they maybe don't aspire to things or they maybe are not empowered to inspire to think, aspire to things. And so when I think about UR, I think about a platform that says, here is an organization that can help you cultivate your aspiration to bring to life whatever unique or interesting business it is that you're working to bring to life. And that is something that we don't have all the answers there of what it is. We do have, I think, three or four pretty good examples of how we have done this already or in the process of doing this. But longer term, I see this being hundreds of agencies of which, you know, maybe we own just a small piece for the marketing side or, or collect a royalty on somebody else, but we've helped them in the back office and the marketing and the business generation and the strategy and all these other things actually get their product to market or get their ideas to market. And that I think is longer term, what will end up happening is we'll, we'll be partnered with a hundred different people with a hundred different ideas and agencies, or maybe full density agencies, and it'll be their business. And we'll just help them get it to market and use our marketing machine to, uh, to empower them to do that. That's one, one way it could go. And then real life will happen and it'll go a totally different way. <laughs> right. Who knows? Who knows? Well, no, thank you for, for sharing. Uh, I can keep talking to you, but we definitely, definitely do it into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answer. You ready, sir? I will do my best. Quick answers, yes. <laughs> First question. What makes you, Isaac, um, unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? You can use your, your company too. Yeah, I think what makes me unique is I'm a builder. I'm a visionary that um, has more ideas than time of, of the day. And if I have implementers around me as well, can get several ideas off the ground very quickly. And so uh, that's what makes me unique. I love it. I love it. We definitely need implementers. Yes, I love it. Second question. What was the last book that you read? What was the one thing that you picked up from that book? Um, you know, I'm in the midst of uh, many different books. One book that I'm about 90% done with is a book about the journey that uh, Abraham Lincoln took from his hometown, which is actually very near where I'm at here in Illinois, um, Springfield, Illinois, to the White House when he was elected. And it's, um, it's like 12 days that it took him to get there by train and incredibly fraught with peril. And the nation was so divided, so divided, and so angry at each other. It's a tinderbox. And what I've learned is that our differences today are much less than they were even in the 1860s. And that we need to use historical context to recognize that we're not as far apart on things as we think we are. And um, some gentle respect and um, collaboration on the problems of the world would go a very long ways if we would allow ourselves to do so. Fascinating. Fascinating. Final question. What do you do for fun? Uh, great question. You know, um, I love hanging out with my wife. Uh, we love to um, go have a nice meal together. Uh, I love sports, so I, baseball. Um, I, I still play whenever I can, though it's not, not a lot. Uh, Baseball, basketball, golf, the all my sports and that for sure. I'd love to travel. Um, you know, we develop in Belize, so we like to spend as much time as we can down there. And um, I love music, love music. Any concerts that I can get to, any extra spare time that I have that I can just sit and jam, I love that. 
Wow, fantastic. If there's anyone listening and they're like, I really love this um, your platform, love what Isaac is doing, want to get connected with you, what's the best place people can reach out and um, get to know you more? Yeah, my email is Isaac, which is I-S-A-A-C at apeoplebrand.com. I'm also pretty active on Twitter. Um, Isaac C. Bennett at uh, Isaac C. Bennett is my Twitter. Um, you can also put my phone number in the show notes. That's totally fine. Text me anytime. I'm not great about answering calls, but I am good about responding to text. So if you want to put my phone number in the show notes, you can certainly do that. Awesome. Isaac, you're a legend. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. So much fun. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.